Welcome to the Road to Ironman 2020, Becoming a Better Me. This is the six-month journey of three novices, Gerard, Christine and Renzo, taking on what is arguably one of the toughest endurance races of all time. Full Ironman takes place in Port Elizabeth on the 29th of March 2020. The distances covered are 3.8 km swim, in the sea, a 180-kilometer bike ride, and a 42-kilometer run. And you can follow our journey on this podcast series, and of course you can follow us individually on our social media platforms on Instagram and Facebook. Enjoy this episode. Hi guys, welcome to the... (laughs) (laughs) Let's do this, carry on, carry on. I'm, I, I was so worried that we're going to get the episode number wrong again. I just wanted to get <laughs> off the bat quickly. You know what? You need to pace yourself in episodes like these. <laughs> no, that's true. It's a bit like Iron Man. <laughs> but yeah, welcome to episode 23. Um, today we've got Christine eating pizza. We've got Renzo recovering from a very awesome hot um, triathlon that he did today. And Gerard uh, is struggling to find his voice in between everything else. And he's just been complaining about his sore back after his run. So I've been rubbing, massaging him. Because of the marathon, you No, I think, I think my body's not used to sleeping 10 hours. It's just used to six hours. So when I slept longer, it was like, what the hell are you doing to me? <laughs> what is this Awesome, Adrenzo, tell us, tell us a little bit more about today. You, you look uh, like you smashed it, um, but I know looks can be deceiving. I'll tell you what, I mean, uh, I've had a few hours to, to recover. Um, so, so it, it was really cool today. It was, uh, it was a really cool experience. We, we did the Durban Ultra, which is uh, not as formidable as the Cape Ultra that you did, but um, but it's still an ultra-distance triathlon, right? And uh, and it's run on more or less the same course as the Durban Half Ironman, 70.3. Yeah. So it, uh, so it was a, a little bit kind of a, it was a, it was a double test for me. It was to test how far I'd come since I did the half Ironman in June last year, and uh, and and really to also check my readiness for Ironman, which is coming up in uh, what like twenty five short days. Well, it is the the month we are in now is the month that's all happening. So it's not like next month; it's like a few weeks. It's, <laughs> it's just around the corner. Yeah. So it, it was supposed to be a test, um, and. Yeah, I was lucky. I mean, um, so I I saw a a huge improvement, which uh, I was expecting, but uh, it it came at a price. So the the improvement was I did my Durban half Ironman in six hours thirty eight, and I did the ultra today in five hours forty three. So it's like a fifty five minutes. Improvement Brilliant. in in my in my race. So yeah, that that's significant, right? It's, I mean, it's a whole hour, give or take. It should have been an hour. It should have been faster, more actually. But that <laughs> became my problem. But uh, you know, that's that's my my race diagnosis. 
It was a hot day today in Durban. It was scorching. But there was this northeasterly wind, a cool wind, blowing off the sea. And uh, so it made it um, deceiving. Because as hot as it was, I kind of felt cool. But the thing is that we were running into this hectic headwind, or riding into this headwind. Let me rewind. We were swimming into the headwind for 1.9 kilometers because yes. um, we swam south-north um, up the beach. And um, so straight into the headwind. So that was interesting. And, uh, and of course, the sea was, was mush. It was all over the place. And, uh, and that was pretty tough. Um, and then we were riding into the headwind for half of the ride. And of course, it was the uphill half. Do you do you ride up to Zambali or like? No, so in uh, in the beginning of summer there was a massive rainstorm and there was a big wash away in the on the highway. Oh yeah. And <clears throat> they're still repairing that. So we we rode um, from Durban to Mshlanga and back. Oh uh, okay. And, uh, and, and instead of doing two loops uh, of forty five kilometers, we did three loops of thirty k's. Oh uh, okay um, okay. So what's nice about that is we cut out some big hills because um, the Sibaya the Sibaya hill is is pretty tough. Mm-hmm. Um, so we cut that out. So of course that made a difference to the ride. But uh, but it was still I mean it, it's still kind of this gradual incline out of Durban to Schlanger. Mm-hmm. and uh, but then turning around and coming back was blitz. So I was riding out of town at around 26 average, and coming back I was hitting. 40, 50 yes. k's an hour average. Sure. It was fantastic. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and then the run was, the run was, you know, the same, exactly the same. Um, I went out on the run and I, my, my race plan, so, so Mark's race plan for me was, I had 35 minutes to do the swim. So I ticked that box. So I was very happy with that, considering well the condition. Mm. It seemed pretty rough. Um, so the, 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 the 1.9 in 35 minutes, um, which was good. And then the ride was, he, he just said, ride hard. And you've got 2 hours 40 to do it. So I did it in 2 hours 45. So I was a little bit off pace there. Um, and, and then the run, he said to me, go out slowly at kind of six minutes per kilometer, and then just check yourself every six or seven kilometers, and if you're feeling strong, then just start pushing your pace gradually towards the end. Uh, that's not happening. <laughs> so I went out, and, and, uh, and I just couldn't bring myself down to six, but I was running at 5.45 per kilometer, and so I eventually decided to settle on that and just hold that for as long as I could. Mm. And then in the last seven Ks, see how I was feeling and, and see if I could push it. And uh, in the last eight Ks, I hit the darkest place I've been for a long time. Psychologically, I was questioning my readiness for Ironman and I, I was tired. My body was tired, but I was okay physically. I was just in such a dark place mentally. And, uh, and I was. And I realized that I, I kept finding excuses to walk. So I started walking at every single water station. And, uh, and, and I just started going into a very negative place. And what I realized was that I wasn't psychologically ready for this race. 
because it was a last minute decision. Mm. I hadn't entered this race and then an entry came upon me, so I took it. And uh, and it was good to be there, but because of all of the work that we've done in Ironman training, I didn't pay the race enough respect. I mean, it's still an ultra triathlon. Mm. It's still a monster. Just because it's half the Ironman distance yeah. doesn't mean it's any less. You still need to respect it's it. Faster. Mm. It, it, it kicked my ass today. So yes, I was faster, but wow, I went into such a dark place in the run because I was, <clears throat> I took the race for granted. And um, that was the first mistake I made. The second mistake I made was, um, so there are three of us in our training squad who are older than all the rest of the guys. So we're known as the Bully Squad. <laughs> and, uh, and James and I, Two of the bullies entered the race today, and um, and so I said to James right at the outset, I said, "I'm going to kick your ass today. I'm going to take on the bully trophy." Today. <laughs> and um, so I had all of this pressure to to perform, and then Mark had given me, you know, a very aggressive time to chase, and so I wasn't respecting the race. I was going after an aggressive time, and I wanted to beat James. So my mind was in the wrong place, and uh, and and the race taught me a lesson. Yeah, suddenly like when a, when like when you aren't <clears throat> when you go in like under pressure like that that race of today suddenly became your A race, and kind of Iron Man wasn't the priority anymore. So like today exactly. became everything to you, and that created like yeah. massive pressure. Hundred percent, hundred percent, and 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 on every turn I saw James. So I was ahead of James. I was I was ahead of him out of the water. I was ahead of him on the bike, um, but I know he's a strong runner. So I put a lot of pressure on myself to create a gap between him and I that I could work with in the run. And every time we did a turn, I just watched him creeping closer and closer and closer until in the last eight k's, I popped so badly psychologically. Right, my body was fine, but but psychologically, I, I popped so badly that I was walking a lot. And, uh, and James came past me and, and it was an amazing thing because after he passed me, all the pressure was off. Mm -hmm. I wasn't going to chase him because I was still in a very dark place. So I wasn't going to chase him. So he, he came up to me and he said, come on, bud, let's run. And I was like, no, you go. And so he went and I just watched him disappear into the background or in, in, in the, the, the front ground. And, uh, <laughs> and I had to get my mind right. And then. When my mind came around, the last three Ks was amazing. Then I had a lacquer run because the pressure was off. I wasn't being an idiot. It was great. And my time turned out to be very good. Exactly. So, and, and, yeah. and tell me, Renzo, obviously the, the distances is half Ironman distance, but the one thing that is the same as full Ironman is the transitions. Was there some good improvement in transition and that you pick up some stuff that you practiced that you implemented that worked, like not wearing socks for your cycling, etc. Those type of things. Yeah. So the transition, I, I was very impressed with their transition. What I loved, by the way, and it's a small race, so they, they could do it, but they'd, um, they'd organized one of the local schools to come down and be the, um, the volunteer support. Oh, cool. And all the water stations and, and all of that. That was really cool. And, um, and as I got off my bike, there was a guy waiting there to take my bike from me. Yes. So I didn't have to worry about racking my bike, finding space. I literally gave the guy my bike, and then I went off 
Oh, it was like, when did the pros get that kind of treatment? <laughs> <laughs> so that was pretty cool. And then I went up into transition and yeah. Did, did, did it improve well, compared to, to, to the Durban one, time-wise? Yeah, but yeah, I mean, so T2, I, I, I took a lot of time. I wasted a lot of time. Hmm. Um, I was in there for probably two minutes longer than I needed to be. But I was just taking it easy and I was catching my breath and, and I was making sure because the biggest thing for me was that I, I had enough nutrition on the run. Um, so I'd been very careful on the bike to be eating. I actually had solid food with me, even though it was only a 90k race. Um, and, and then I had all the goos and all of that as well. And I was drinking mixtures of carbohydrate drinks and water and all that. So I took time in transition two, but transition one at the Durban Half Ironman is a dog show mm. because it's, it's this weird T1 where it's literally a kilometer long. Mm. Okay, so you can't really compare it. Mm. I remember so, at Half Ironman, that was the case. I think we walked 800 meters to the, or ran yeah. or hobbled or whatever we needed to do to the yeah. first transition. It was long, yeah. very long. Very long. So, so, of course, I saved a lot of time there um, because it, it's a very compact transition. Mm. And T1 and T2 are in exactly the same place. So not like Ironman where you've got transition one over the water in one area of the course mm. and transition somewhere else. Um, this was all in the same place. So it, it, it was very compact. That was nice. Mm. And and do you think if you took the, the bike, let's say the second half of the bike a little bit easier, would that have helped you in the run? Or what if you could have done things differently, what do you what would you have done? Yeah. My body was fine. Mm. I mean, yeah, I mean, the, the, the first the first five, six Ks were a little bit tough. My glutes were sore from the ride. Um, so they had to get accustomed to the run and they, they were sore for the first five, six Ks. But what I've noticed is that it takes me about five or six kilometers to warm up in my mm. runs um, and when I'm doing a longer run. So I was fine. The first lap I was fine. So the first seven, eight Ks, I was fine. Um, the first lap and a half, I was 100% fine. And then my mind went into bad places. So mm. the body was strong enough. I could have pushed my body much harder. I really could have. Um, but my mind was really just not in a good place. So because of everything I've discussed already, I, all of that I would change, right? So it was a B race. Um, mm. Uh, it was. It wasn't supposed to be a race. It was supposed to be a training session um, to gauge my readiness for for Ironman. Um, but it's been great because I've learned a lot of lessons. Because I would have done exactly everything that I've just described going into Ironman. Mm. Yeah. Except it's double the distance. It would have kicked my ass so hard. And it's actually our blessing in the skies that almost this entry fell upon you and maybe making the mistake now, learning from it, you've got four weeks of doing like a mental recap of everything and you you know, you've got an heads up almost uh, of what what not to do and what you can implement to make make things better. Yeah, 100%, 100%.
So it's interesting. I, I mean, the one the part of the when I had that shift, that mindset shift in the last three and a half Ks, um, one of the things I realized is that I hadn't been enjoying my day. So there were parts of the ride that I really loved. I didn't really enjoy the swim because it was it was tough. The sea was really rough. Um, so I just wanted to get out of the water. Um, the the run was mostly hard work. So I didn't enjoy the day. Yeah. And and because I put this pressure on myself of five and a half hours, five hours forty, um, I was I was and beating James. I, I literally I ruined my day. And and I ran the same risk at Ironman because at Ironman the whole buddy squad is gonna be there and I need to teach them a lesson. Plus probably a couple of the youngsters too. <laughs> Um, that makes me really happy when I do that. Um, and and then and then of course you know we've got a what I think is a fairly aggressive time planned for my Ironman. I mean I'm working to a sub twelve for my very first Ironman. Yeah. I think that's quite aggressive. And 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 if I'm not careful, I run the risk of over pressurizing myself. And and then you know when when it gets tough, just going down the dark rabbit hole that's just gonna bring pain yeah. <laughs> and, and rest my time hey? yeah and i think that's that's important is to um myself and christine chats about it quite often because at this stage obviously uh, the plan is to finish so we, we both feel comfortable that we'll definitely be able to do it in 17 hours but there is these conversations that comes up but yeah yes that last bike ride went well so maybe yeah. we can do 7.40, 7.45 on the bike and, and then you like calculate, okay, you know what, actually a 14 hour, 14.50 is doable. So you can't help yourself to like almost imagine what is the best case scenario and yeah. very subtly applying pressure that, that is actually going frust to frustrate you on the day if you're not climbed out of bed with the right foot and nutrition is not on par and... There's a little bit of a onshore wind that makes the wave blow against you when you're turning your head for the swim. There's so many other variable factors that can play against you. And what I've kind of learned from, especially from comrades, <clears throat> my comrades years is, and everything I do now, and it's not setting myself up for failure or preempting a bad run or bad race or whatever, but I always have three plans for the day. I have plan A, which is my goal time which is probably a push. It's a, always a, a push for me. Then I have plan B and plan C. So when or if plan A doesn't happen, it's not, I have to like re-strategize and rethink and try and figure out like, okay, what am I going to do now? Like, I haven't done that. I haven't done that. I just say like, okay, cool. Like I'm in for plan B. Like that's working out for me today. And it's not this big surprise of I failed. It's just, okay, well, I'm just shifting goalposts. That's all it is. Yeah. So that, and I mean, you know, like that's your um, area of expertise is um, preparing your mind and to perform yeah. um, inside and out. So yeah, I just find that that works. So that's something that I'm already preparing myself for at Ironman. Like, yeah, best case, maybe like a 14, 15, but then plan B might be a 15 and a half and plan C might be 16.45 and that's okay. Then there are no big surprises if something doesn't go according to plan, which 
on race day, yeah, not everything does always go according to plan. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And, and I know you and Christine spoke a little bit uh, over WhatsApp with regards to some of the, the, the professionals also, like uh, not, not bonking out, but not passing out from the heat. So obviously the heat was something yeah. else. The lead lady, uh, when I was on my second lap, had collapsed and was getting medical attention on the side of the road. Sure. Um, well, you know, on the side of the, the, the course. Um, so I, I don't think she got back into the race. I don't know. Um, but I, I, I don't think she got back into the race. The, then there's a, there's a, a couple, um, that let's say done here in, in Durban who are very well known in the, in the triathlon space and they, they, they're brilliant. I mean, they are phenomenal athletes. Surely. Um, Michael and Lauren, I think, Cannon. And uh, she, so she's a, like I said, phenomenal athlete. I mean, they, they're not pros as far as I'm aware, but they're pretty much in it. Mm. Like category, and, uh, podium finishes, you know? Always. Yeah. They win pretty much everything. And it's this husband and wife team that literally cleans up all the time, or often. And, uh, and, and I saw her um, also hitting a bad wall today and uh and the, and the ambulance is rushing to to sort sure. it out so it, it was it was a very very tough race today. um yeah people struggled it, it was deceptive because it was a hot day but with the cool breeze coming off the sea you weren't aware of how badly the heat was hitting yeah yeah, because I, I remember, I think of last week's episode, we mentioned, well, I mentioned that I did a run, which was in a, mm-hmm. like quite, uh, was, uh, the heat was quite, quite hectic. I was planning on doing a, a, a yeah, two hour run, but with a three minute run, one minute walk strategy. And it went yes. well for the first two sections, but obviously with something I didn't take into account is the heat. And um, after two sections, I needed to make a call. Am I going to push through? And, um, or am I going to divert and, and uh, join Christine at the gym and just chill there? Um, and I'm glad actually I did because, like you say, also, even if there's a wind that's blowing you, you're not realizing how dehydrated you are becoming. And when the time that you want to catch up, um, it's, it's, little, it's too late. And heat training is something completely different that I don't think we've really touched on. But if you look at the pros on the TV, they've got these ice sponges that they put on, on their backs and even here in the front. Just to keep that core yeah. temperature down as, as far as possible, you need to. That's maybe something we can chat about closer to the race as well. Is what we're actually going to do with if it's a hot day and it, maybe if the sea is rough, well, what are we going to do? That can also be a nice episode to, to delve into. Okay. Mm. I, I mean, just on that note, I mean, we, you know, we can pick it up again. But so what was so awesome is, is that they were handing out those, those ice sponges, those sponges with ice water. And, um, when I did half Ironman, I didn't get him. There were so many people. They literally ran out of sponges by the time I got to the water stations. So I didn't get any. But today I got And I loved literally just grabbing two sponges. That was my thing. I've got, I brought two home. <laughs> Souvenirs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, have a, I have a special... 
I have a special plan for those, but I'm not going to talk about them on air because... <laughs> Does it have something to do with chafing? <laughs> no, no. It's a, it's a special gift for someone, but, but I don't... Ah, uh, okay. It's, it's a bit of a... It's a bit of a... Inside joke. Okay. But an inside joke. When, when I've done it, I'll, I'll put it out there. <laughs> I don't want to... I mean, I know we're going to talk about it later, but also something I also learned at Comrades because they had ice and those sponges the whole way. Um, taking and, and also other races, I, I learned how to do this is to grab ice into your palm of your hand and hold it because the nerve receptors in your hands are exceptionally sensitive. So if you can cool your hands, you, the rest of your body will get the positive impact of cooling the nerves in your hands first. So to wow. hold ice in your hand and like keep a, a loosely closed fist, you'll keep your hands nice and cool and that automatically transfers into the rest of your body. So that's something to try in training as well. I can see that you're gonna you're gonna lay, you're gonna name this episode episode twenty what? Twenty? Twenty three. Twenty three. Yeah. <laughs> twenty three. Which one? Twenty three. You're going to name it episode 23, Ice Ice Baby. I was just going to say that I need to get like a soundtrack to put into the start of the podcast. But, it, but it, it's so funny. <laughs> All right, stop. We don't have a license. <laughs> but it, it, it's, so, it's so ironic because since I've started running three years ago, when I get to a water station, I grab two sashes of water, not because I've, I've known this trick, but I, I run with them in my hands and then I bite a small hole and I just like wet my mouth every five minutes um, just to keep that hydration going um, and I must admit I, I rarely depending on obviously on the weather need to make myself cool on the run so yeah and I'm not trying to vouch for it but it does mm. make sense and um, it, it helped me with um, yesterday's run as well so yeah there's maybe some merit to it hmm. or you could just get into the ice bucket on the roots I've seen people <laughs> do that as well they literally climb into the bucket of ice and stand there for a bit or dunk their head in. You see, I mean, that's really cool, on the pun, but I mean, it's like, isn't that cool because other people exactly. come out of the Yeah, I must admit with the Cape Ultra, you would use the sponge, you would give it back. I don't know if it works the same there, but you would give the sponge back. They would put it in the water and somebody else uses it. So there's a kind of a lot of sharing going on there. You might have used Gerard sponge. <laughs> I mean, maybe it's the same one, just province to province. You know? Very possible. Very, very possible. And you know, in, in these days with the COVID-19 virus. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted know, to say it was, there was... Yeah? No, I was just going to say, we, we need to be a little bit sharper. <laughs> Now, there was Corona beers at uh, the Cape Ultra, but I think you, you guys have a different Corona now. <laughs> we got uh, a different brand of beer. But um, on that note, they did a survey in America, and 38% of the people who answered said that they 
will not buy Corona beer now. Fear of getting the coronavirus. I can imagine. Yes. So, That's what I did my degree final year marketing strategy project on was Corona beer in 1999. Mm. That was my final project. You know what I'm, I'm thinking? There's a couple of my competitors out there. Maybe if there's a new virus that comes out, I'm just going to bribe somebody to name, it, name the virus, the competitor's name, and then all of a sudden people are not going to use their solutions anymore. They're just going to use my company solutions. <laughs> Strategic. Uh... Oh, it's amazing. <coughs> I mean, it's, it's a terrible thing to say with, uh, with all the, the people that are suffering with the coronavirus, the COVID-19. What's amazing is how many years have we been fighting for against rhino poaching, against mm. pangolin poaching in this country? And they think that there's a link in the jump of the virus from bats to humans, and they think it might be pangolins. Can you imagine? The most trafficked species on the planet might be saved by this coronavirus. Yes. Mm. Okay. Wow. Interesting. <laughs> It's got nothing to do with triathlon and nothing to do with Ironman. You see, if you start doing triathlons, you expand your mind on all topics in the world. Exactly. Because <laughs> exactly. you can't bear to watch another Ironman clip on YouTube, so you try and find something else to watch for a change. <laughs> I watch them all. There's nothing else to watch them. <laughs> um, on that note, you also meet very interesting people. So, I wanted to tell you that... Uh, I saw our good friend James Lang. Yes, he uh, messaged me earlier. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we, we had a lucky chat um, after the race. We, we chatted a bit before the race. Um, I saw him at registration yesterday. So it was nice to catch up with him. And, and he he also had a very challenging race. Mm. He struggled with He wasn't loving the ride, apparently, but he, he loved the run. So, you know, that's how it goes for us. Yeah. Everybody has a different race. Exactly. Um, but, uh, yeah, he wasn't unhappy with his time, as far as I know. I can't remember what it was. But, uh, um, yeah, so we had a good chat, and, and he was looking strong and happy and, and ready. So we, we said we'll see him when you guys see him. Look at Yeah, we're going out for dinner with him and his squad on the Friday night. He's had booked us oh, two, two seats at their table. I'm a bit intimidated because I've seen what all their times are. I'm like, <laughs> um, yeah, it's really interesting. <laughs> uh, I haven't seen. I haven't seen. Yeah, um, but yeah, there's going to be some interesting people on the, whatever the Monday is, I don't know, the day after Ironman, that's what I'm calling it. I can't remember the date. Is um, <clears throat> We've had a couple of fan mail emails. So there are people going down that are really keen to meet us and like think the podcast that we're doing is so cool. So maybe that Monday morning can be like a whole, Group. like a panel discussion. <laughs> Breakfast with Bob. Yeah. It's amazing. Maybe we should try and get on to Algoa FM or something. That will be awesome. Just saying, wow. hashtag just saying, leave it with me. I'll see what I can do. Yeah, we, we've, we've also... Yeah, we've also got a fan in America, which we're going to try and connect with so he can join us on a podcast mm. um, in the next couple of weeks. Um, oh. Jay What's Harrison. That? Harrison Jay. Yeah. 
he's he's doing his first Ironman in I think it's Houston mm. this year as well, and he's yeah he's been finding it very useful. And he uh, so I said, why don't you join us one time? It's going to be a little bit tricky with the time, so we'll just need to coordinate it a bit. But uh, yeah, it would be awesome to to get somebody from another, literally another continent to to maybe just share how how their training is going. Um, yeah, that'd be very cool. One final thing um, from my side is I was chatting to my other friend James, the the one I was racing today, the other buddy. <laughs> and by the way, <clears throat> and I know he listens to our podcast, so he's gonna love this. Hey, James! Um, <laughs> I'll tag him in the post. <laughs> he. Uh, he <coughs> So we decided we weren't going to enter Durban Ultra. And then Durban Ultra ran a, a competition. And uh, one of the prizes was a pair of Zagon carbon deep section wheels. Chill. And one of the other prizes was an entry to the race. James won the entry to the, pri- uh, to the race. <laughs> um, I think that I won the wheels in the lucky draw today because I didn't stay for prize giving, they had to go to somebody else. So. <laughs> 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 Nonetheless, James, James won his entry to, to the race and uh, and then he, he just proceeded to, to just blow it all up. Um, he had a phenomenal race. But he's a, you know, in our squad, Mark prepares our program and we just do what Mark says. So Mark says, Apparently, we've got a monster week ahead of us, and, and, and he says, right, tomorrow you're swimming 5Ks, and you're doing 800-meter sprints, then we just do it. Um, nobody questions his methodology. Um, and he's got a friend, James has got a friend who lives in Johannesburg, who literally questions everything. So he was he was interrogating James about James's training program, and James was just saying, hey, what's, I just do what I'm told. They tell me we're riding tempo, fart leg, whatever. I just show up and I do what I'm, what I'm told. And this guy was saying, no, it's, a, it's all a crock of shit. And actually, you are, you, you know, how do you even know scientifically that this is going to give you the result that you're looking for? And, and uh, you need to be, you know, more focused on the details. So James sent him, uh, or sent him the link to the podcast we did where I interviewed Mark. And, uh, and this guy, this friend of his, listened to, to the podcast and said, no, you're in good hands. This guy knows what he's talking about. Don't worry about it. Just do whatever he said. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, we, we were chatting about it uh, today. Um, we, we might want to look at doing a, a Road to Comrades, obviously a separate, let's call it series. But, I mean, this this series road to ironman 2020 will be in the clouds forever um so it would be awesome to always even when we do our 10th or our 20th uh, ironman <laughs> one day and there's somebody in the group that wants to know yes how did you first one i was like you know what take a week off and just go on a binge <laughs> uh, <laughs> podcast uh, listening episode while you're on the indoor training yeah so I, I think these these are, will always be useful tips. There will be new technologies and things like that, but um, I think it will always be known as our first road to Ironman. Hundred percent. Awesome, uh, yeah, Renzo. Thanks for for sharing your your day. You must enjoy your rest tonight, and good luck for the tough uh, weekend. Well, you send me a picture. I don't know what it looks like. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm you... right to go downstairs and have dinner. <laughs> well, you sent me a photo for your podcast. Do you have a? I saw you posted that nice cool pic yeah. on Instagram. If you can send that to me on, on the group, and then I'll use that. Thank you. <coughs> Lekker. Lovely. Cool beans. Awesome. Lekker. And everybody else. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Have a good weekend. Bye. Bye.